Revival, the sound of heaven. I can't sing. My wife told me that. My wife reminded me of that this morning as I was trying to worship the Lord. She's like, babe. She's like, if you do it, she's like, if you do it, just whisper it. I was like, well, I'm trying to sing praises to the Lord right now. She's like, no, 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 don't, don't, don't do that. Leave that. That's not your gift. I love my wife. All right. Good morning. How are we doing today? We're good? We're doing all right? Oh, we sound energetic. I love it. I love it. Well, for those of you who don't know, my name is Eddie, and I have the honor and the privilege and the humble, 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 humble experience and heart of giving you today's message from God. Uh, I prayed about it a lot. He put a lot of really, really good things on my heart. And my prayer today for every single one of you in these seats and in the balcony, yes, even you in the balcony, is that the same thing that's on my heart right now would be on your heart as you walk out these doors and that you would definitely apply God's message today. All right? Amen. So can I ask you just a real quick favor? Just a small, teensy, teensy, little quick favor, right? I want us all to say something, but I want us to say it all in unison. I want us to say it with a little mm in our chest, with a little bit of intensity, like we mean it, like we want it. All right, you ready? You ready? All right. I want us to repeat the vision of Christ's fellowship. One, two, three. It is to love God, make the suck, and change the world. Change the world. That is the title of the next series that we are about to embark on today. It is a two-part series, and it leads right into Project Serve next Sunday. (laughs) And just so that you know, really fast, as I unravel this and I unbox this thing, I don't want you to panic. I don't want you to run through the hills. I don't want you to run out the double doors and trample on everybody Because what I'm about to say sometimes shocks people. Sometimes people don't want any part of it, but I'm going to say it anyway, okay? You, everybody sitting in these chairs right now, even the people in kids' church and even the kids that are there, you can be a world changer. Flat out, you can be a world changer. Everyone sitting in these seats has the potential to change the world. I'm not even kidding. But Eddie, but Eddie, but Eddie, have you seen the state of the world? That sounds like a really tall task, almost maybe even close to impossible. And my answer to you would be, yes, I've seen it. And all the more reason why I know that you have the potential inside of you to be a world changer. And when I say that, believe me, you have something inside of you so amazing, so remarkable, so outstanding, that if you use it, you can definitely change the world. And you want me to let you in on a little secret? You want to know how I know you have it? Because I have it. And because I have it, I know you have it. And because you have it, I know I do. And just to cover everybody so that way you don't feel excluded in any way, shape, or form, If this is your first time here and you're trying to figure out this whole Jesus thing and maybe you walked in from the street and you heard the great music and maybe you're not even a Jesus believer, but check this out. You're not excluded because you also have it. We all have, we all have this phenomenal, fantastic, incomprehensible, unfathomable thing that lies inside of us. 
And when we use it, certain lives and even our own can get filled to the brim. Certain people's dreams can get accomplished, maybe even our own. The best types of relationships are built with this thing that we have inside of us. And even if we use just a little bit of it, it can set the world on fire. And this thing that dwells inside of us, this thing that is so fantastic, I'm not even exaggerating, can bring somebody back from the brink of death. That's how powerful it is. That's how powerful it is. Are you ready to find out what it is? Oh, man, nobody wants to know. I can leave. I'll come back next Sunday. Are you ready to find out what it is? Great. I'll tell you in a second. So as we continue, right? I'll tell you in about 30 seconds. I just want to tease it out a little bit more. And before I do, I just want to let you guys know a little bit something about myself. You see, I was a bad mouth, sad house, loud crowd getter. Thought it was good without God, but not better. Had whips right, fade tight, a nightlife, a great life. Just like good sights, you might see me on, right? But is it worth it? The cursing and the hurting. You don't do it for God. You rhyme without a purpose, yo. Thought I had it all. Then I got the cell call. This is where I fell, y'all. Now it's all gone, y'all. Nothing left except for right in a breath. Gift given by God. Now is when I accept, man. Should have did it from the start. Had it on my birth chart. The Lord knows how to develop my art. So I flip the switch. The reason why I exist. To praise with these lips and not live in eternal bliss. My point taken. The fellowship you ain't breaking. You might tremble below, but above. We're not shaking. Ha. The Almighty, highly above the rest. Feel the beat in my chest. The beginning was just a test, but show me samples, examples of how it goes. And before you know it, you have my mind, body, and soul. Let it go. A few things. I want to apologize to the translation team because, man, that must have been really, really hard. I wrote it with them in mind. Believe me, I tried. I'm like, I can slow it down, but, uh, you know. Second thing, I may not be able to sing, but I can rap. <laughs> it's part of my gift, right? <laughs> and the third thing is, is that the thing that dwells inside each and every single one of us, the thing that has the potential to change the world is our words. Our words. It sounds very small, something so minute, something maybe insignificant because we use them all the time. But our words, our words have the potential to change the world. Ever since I was in middle school, I was always fascinated with words. It's just the way that God wired me up. I, I was always curious as to what words rhyme good together and what words don't. And if those words don't rhyme, then how can I put words in front of it and back of it to make it rhyme? It was just crazy. My mind was really weird. I was a really big nerd back in high school, in case you didn't figure that out yet. But what was more important to me, what was really taken me back by all of those things as I was in middle school, was that if spoken at the right moment, at the right time, to the right person, or to the right crowd, it can change things. It can change things in a dramatic way. Things, it can change things that we possibly wouldn't be able to even imagine how powerful they can change. The right words can spark a riot, or they can calm one down. The right words can spark emotions of love and security, or hate and pain. 
The right words can build up an entire nation or crumble it. And the right words can save a life, and the wrong ones could take it. Words can change things in a dramatic way. Your words, my words, our words can change things in a dramatic way. Just the other day, just the other day, uh, my nerdness came out, and it was very evident. Uh, we went, me and my family, we went to Barnes & Noble, right? And when I walked in there, I was surrounded by all these books. And all these books have what inside of them? Words, exactly. And my eyes lit up like a kid in a candy shop. And my wife looked at me, and my kids just, you know, they straggle around. And my wife looks at me, and if I'm not mistaken, she texts her sister, and she was like, we're in Barnes & Noble right now. This has been the highlight of Eddie's summer. <laughs> wait, wait, it gets better. Just for comparison, so that way you know what I'm talking about. In July, I went on a Disney cruise. But to my wife, the highlight of my summer was walking into Barnes & Noble. Didn't really make any sense to me at the time, but she wasn't right because I loved the Disney cruise, but equally so. I was very, very excited to be there. I don't know why. That's just, again, it's the way that I'm wired up. So while I was there, I came across this book, and hopefully it shows up here. Look at that. Speeches that changed the world. Speeches that changed the world. I immediately picked it up. It's like God wanted me to see this book because right when you walked in, it was like on the discount section right to the right. So I walked in and I was like, when I grabbed it, I was like, I got to read it right now. So my wife went on to do other things and I was just sitting there and I saw all the names of all the people that they had in there. And just to give you a little idea, they had Martin Luther King Jr., they had Barack Obama, they had Bill Clinton, they had Mother Teresa, Gandhi. They had all these speeches that were in there and it, to it told you the scenario, the words that they spoke, and how it changed the, whatever that speech was about, whatever it was directed towards, how it changed it. I wanted to buy it, but I'm, I'm on a budget, so I couldn't get it. <laughs> I wanted to buy it because I wanted to read their words. If they were able to do it, and these are guys that are current, pretty current. They're not guys that are like 2,000, 4,000 years old. So don't think that just because the state of the world and the way that it is now that your words can't do something about it. They can. They definitely can. Every person in this room uses words. If you really think about it, your life has been molded by the words that have been spoken to you, at you, over you, under you, and all around you. Your life has been molded and shaped by those words. We speak... This is the nerd coming out in me now, all right? We speak over 20,000 words a day. We have over 25 conversations a day. And at this very moment, at this very moment, we have about three to five different text message conversations going on at the exact same time about different topics. I see you. That's crazy. 20,000 words, 25 conversations, three to five text message conversations at the same time. That's crazy. 
And as you can imagine, with the 20,000 words that we speak and the 25 conversations that we have and all the text messages that we're sending out and all the emails that we're typing up, things slip. Sometimes we say things that we don't mean. Other times we say things that we really want to say, but after we've said them, we're like, ah, I really wish I hadn't said that. Have you ever wanted a, a take back? Right? A take back, right? Well, I was, as I was preparing for this message, I did some research on take backs and, and wishing things weren't the way they were. And I came across this little nifty thing. Maybe you know about it. Maybe you don't. It's, called, it's, uh, it's in Google. It's in Gmail. How many of you know about it? Right? Okay, maybe not. Right? It's this really great thing in Gmail called undo. Right? It's called undo. So let's say, right, for example, let me explain to you what it is. Let's say you're typing up an email. Ah, right. And this email has all the makings of regret. All the makings of regret. You know the type of emails I'm talking about, right? The emails that burn bridges, right? The type of emails that when you send to your boss, you're packing your stuff in your box because you know once he gets it, you're not going to be working there anymore, right? The type of emails that if you send them out, you and your family members are all in an uproar and there's some things going on right there. Or how about this? Uh, I've typed a couple. Maybe you've typed a couple in your life. Uh, the breakup email, the dreaded breakup email, right? We've all done this. We've all typed up in the heat of the moment. We've all typed up words that we shouldn't have said and all of a sudden, we click send. Click. And then we sit there proud, and we're happy. We're like, yes, I just gave them a piece of my mind. It's going to be amazing. And then two seconds later, you're like, oh, my gosh, what did I do? Can I take it back? What? You try to disconnect the Internet cable. You kick down the computer, thinking that it's going to work. But it's too late. It's gone. Well, Gmail saw this problem, and they wanted to correct it. All you have to do after you send that email out is they have, within the, maybe about five seconds or so, they have an undo button. And if you click that undo button, the email, <laughs> the email gods reach in to the internet and they bring back your email back into the folder that you were going to send it from. And the person that was supposed to receive it never gets it. And they never knew you sent them an email to begin with. How many of you wish you can have an undo in real life. Raise your hand real fast. Ooh, ooh, I'll pray for you later. Don't worry. I'll definitely pray for all of you, right? But unfortunately, 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 we don't have any undos. We don't. Once we speak, the words that we speak they're out there. They're out there. There's no taking them back. There's no Control-Alt-Delete. There is no do-over. You can't grab the words as you speak them in the middle of the air and start erasing them so that way the person that you spoke them to doesn't see them. It's not possible. We don't have an undo. And the reason why I know that we don't have an undo and the reason why I know words are deeply important is because of this. Have you ever hurt somebody with the words that you said and scarred them really deep in your heart? And you realize that you said those things. What's the first thing you say to them? I'm sorry. I didn't really mean to say that. That's my bad. But that person has already received those words. And now things are a little weird between you. So then maybe you let some time pass and you come back and you're like, hey man, you know, the other day when I said that, you know, I, I'm really, really sorry for that. 
and still things aren't okay? And then all of a sudden we flip it on them. We get mad at them. Wait, yo, I said I was sorry already. And we all say this. Well, I already said I was sorry. It's a little bit too late. Now, I'm not saying that we shouldn't apologize for the bad things that we say or for the hurtful words that we say. I'm not saying that. I'm not saying it's useless. But what I'm saying is that our words weigh heavy. Our words weigh heavy. And we should be careful in the way that we use them. Inside of us lies the power to build up or destroy, to encourage or tear down, to love or to hate, to give confidence or insecurity, to push someone beyond their limits or limit them. We can give confidence or insecurity. As I said before, we can bring joy or sadness, and we can do all these things with the words that we say. It matters what we say, when we say it, and to who we say it to. The book of Proverbs says this. Maybe it's a verse that you're pretty familiar with. It says this. The tongue has the power of life and death. But I want to rephrase that real quick. I want to bring it into more modern terms. Well, how can you get more modern than that, Eddie? Life or death? It's very simple. Well, sometimes we need a better translation. This is from the book of Eddie. I wonder if that's blasphemous. Anyways, <laughs> the book of Eddie, 1 verse 1. The words you speak have the power to bring someone off a ledge or to literally push them off it. Literally. Not even kidding. The words you speak have the power to bring someone off a ledge or to literally push them off it. I have read too many stories. I have seen too many articles of verbal abuse within families. I have seen too many things of bullying through Facebook, text messages, DMs, things of that nature. I have seen kids and adults who have spiraled into depression because of the words that have been said to them. And I have seen too many adults, old, young, new, previous generation, current generation, whatever you want to call it, I have seen them live life unmotivated because of words that have been spoken to them, certain words that have been spoken to them. I have also witnessed the extreme, personally, firsthand, of when someone has words, certain words that are spoken to them, and they feel like they have no other alternative, and there's only one way to handle everything. I've seen it. Now, I don't know about you, but I don't think, I really don't think we're supposed to be using our words like that. I don't. I mean, if we really think about it, right, no one wakes up in the morning and wishes for this. Check this out. No one wakes up in the morning and wishes for this. I hope I wake up today, and when I go to work, I can't wait for my boss to belittle me, to make fun of me, and degrade me. I can't wait for that when I wake up this morning. Nobody wakes up thinking that. Nobody says this. Nobody says, you know what? I can't wait to hang with so-and-so 
Because whenever I hang out with them, they always make fun of me. They make fun of my family. They make fun of the way I dress. They make fun of the way that I talk. They make fun of the way that I look. They make fun of my emotions, my insecurities. They're always bringing them out. It's a never-ending cycle of jokes about me and about what I believe in and who I am. I can't wait to hang out with that person. Anybody ever say that? (laughs) I'll definitely pray for you at the service. (laughs) Right? Or how about this? Or how about this? I can't wait to get home from school and wait for my parents to call me useless. That's the best part of my day. When I get home from school and my parents just call me useless and a good for nothing, I rush home from school, lock the door, do my homework, and sit there on the steps and wait for them to come home because that's the highlight of my day is when they do that to me. No one says that. No one. No one wants that. Or how about the real subtle ones, for example? Do you really think that's smart? Do you? How many friends do you have again? Don't aim too high. You know what? Aiming too high is bad. Aim a little bit low because if you aim low, you'll always hit that. But if you aim too high, you might miss. So you don't want to go through that. Just aim low. Do you really want to do that with your life? You might want to consider another profession. The market's too saturated there. No one wakes up hoping to hear those things that are said to them. But we do. We hear it all the time. Sometimes those things are spoken to us, and it hurts. And other times, we're the ones speaking it to them. You can literally, I can literally, I can't stress this enough. You can literally shape the life of a life with the words that you speak. Paul, in his letter to Ephesus, tackles this same topic in a very super cool way. And I love Paul. Paul is so blunt. He is so straightforward. He doesn't sugarcoat anything. He just lets us know what the nitty-gritty is about the things that he was talking about, the topics of that time. And I love him for that. He always spoke in absolute truth, and he always spoke with authority about the things that he said. And the crazy thing about it is, is that he addressed this very same topic that we're talking about right now. He spoke about it 2,000 years ago. They spoke about it 2,000 years ago. But yet, 2,000 years later, we're still talking about it. We're still talking about it. And if you were to ever read the book of Ephesus, Ephesians, sorry, if you were ever to read the book of Ephesians, which was Paul's letters to them, and you start going through it, somewhere along chapter 4, this is where Paul drops that golden nugget. He drops a gem that if we were to take it and we were to apply it to our own lives, I guarantee you 100% that if you do what Paul is saying, you will never have the desire to hit the undo button ever again in any of the conversations that you have, with any of the words that you speak, no matter who it is, when it is. And Paul writes this in Ephesians 4, 29. If you don't have your Bible or your app, it's okay. It'll pop up right behind me. It says this, do not let any, everybody say, do not let any. Do not let any unwholesome talk come out of your mouth 
but only what is helpful for building others up according to their needs, that it may benefit those who listen. Do not let any unwholesome talk come out of your mouth. He doesn't say, listen, when you're mad at your kids and you're in a heated moment, you can then say it's a little bit. No. He doesn't say when you're angry at your boss or when you're mad at your friends, you can say a little bit. He, he doesn't say when you're arguing with your wife, you can say maybe one or two words. No, he says do not let any unwholesome talk come out of your mouth. And just so that we're all on the same page, I want to define what unwholesome means. So me being the nerd that I am, I went into the dictionary, the book that has words that define other words with words, if you catch that. And this is what it says about what unwholesome talk is. It says this, unwholesome talk is anything that can be detrimental to the physical, mental, or moral well-being of someone. Physical, mental, moral, emotional, if you want to toss that in there, well-being of someone. That's what unwholesome talk is. In other words, anything that has the potential to tear someone down, to destroy them, to belittle them, anything that would cause an emotional scar or cut deep into their heart, anything that would make them feel small or insignificant, anything that would cause them to stray from their hopes and dreams, anything that you can think of that falls into that category is unwholesome talk, and we shouldn't speak that way. And we shouldn't use our words to say those things. And another thing that falls into that category, jokes that make fun of other people. But I can't leave it there. I would be doing you a disservice if I left it there because it's not just about the physical, the emotional, and the moral, and the mental well-being of someone. It goes deeper than that. And if we don't recognize the deepness of what we're talking about right now, we'll miss this entirely, entirely. It goes deeper than that. It's a spiritual thing. It's a spiritual thing. Let me tell you why. You are literally breaking the heart of God by trying to break the thing that he cherishes most, his creation. And that's you and that's me. You are telling God that this is what you think about what he made. And I don't know about you, but last time I checked, God don't make junk. You don't make junk. You're not junk. You're not any of that. God is intimately tied to us because he created us. The creator is tied to his creation. To speak unwholesomely about what he created is to speak unwholesomely about him. For example, and I'm just going to be very honest right now. Can I be honest with you guys for a second? Can I be honest? All right. If you speak bad about my kids, think about it. If you speak bad about my kids, if you tell my kids that they're good for nothing, if you tell my kids that they're not smart, if you tell my kids that they have no talent, if you tell my kids that they're not this or that, and it's negative, what do you think the chances of me and you being friends are? Think about it. What do you think the chances are? And if we were friends, do you think we're going to be friends after that? No. I'm sorry. Your chance is like this big. Zero. The chasm that would develop between me and you would be humongous. It would be big. I wouldn't want to hang out with you anymore. 
And a lot of us question and wonder why my relationship with God isn't deeper. How come it's not more mature? Maybe it's because of the way that you speak to people. Maybe it's because of the words that you use when you talk to them. To speak unwholesomely about God's creation is to speak unwholesomely about him. It will be distant. It won't be deep. And that's not the way it's supposed to be. That's not the way we're supposed to talk. Jesus cares about us so deeply. He cares about the way that we treat one another. And that, has to, and that includes the way that we, that we speak to other people. That includes the words that we use. I remember one time Jesus was talking. He says this in Matthew 23, 24. I remember Jesus was talking one time, and he says this. Check this out. Sometimes if you don't pay attention to it, you might miss it. He says this. He shocked everyone. If you remember, he says this. If you remember that your brother has something against you, while you're about to go to the altar and worship me, leave the gift there. Go fix that first. Then come back and give me your gift. Why is that? But, but th this is my time with the Lord. This is when I'm here to pray. This is when I'm here to read and study and fast and do whatever it is for you. This is all about this. This is about me and you. This is about our relationship. Jesus is like, listen, I died on the cross for your sins. We're good. Go fix that. Go fix that because I laid down my life and everything that I could for you to make sure that our relationship was okay. And I expect you to treat everybody else the same way that I've treated you. So if your brother has something wrong against you, go fix that. If they said something bad to you or you said something bad to them, go fix it. The biggest evidence that Jesus has touched your heart the biggest evidence that he has become a part of your life is how you treat the person next to you, how you treat them. You can come to church seven days a week. You can raise your hands and worship for five hours. You can pray for three days. You can quote the book of Leviticus word for word, but that doesn't matter. You can go to college and get your degree in biblical theology and whatnot, but Jesus says this, in John 13, by all this, men, people, everyone in the world will know that you are my disciples if you love one another. It's the way that you treat, and that has to do with the way that you speak. Jesus is saying that people will know that you know me by the way you treat one another. Back to Paul. Do not let any unwholesome talk come out of your mouth, but only. And I love that. But only. Touch your neighbor. Say, but only. But only. And I love that. And the reason why I love that is because he just doesn't leave it there. He doesn't say, do not let any unwholesome talk come out of your mouth. Have a good night. Thank you. Bye. And he walks off. No, he gives you, if you can't do this, then do this. If you're not supposed to do this at all, then what are we supposed to do? Do this. But only what is helpful for building others up according to their needs, that it may benefit those who listen. In other words, speak life. Speak life. 
Speak words of encouragement. Speak words that catapult and build up someone's confidence. Launch someone's dreams into the next stratosphere with the words that you speak. Lift up and give somebody purpose with your words. Let them know that they are worthy and that they aren't junk, that Jesus loves them, that you love them. Let them know that they're not defeated. Let them know that their failures don't define them. Tell them that Jesus isn't finished with them yet, not by a long shot. You speak like that to my kids. How do you think our relationship is going to be? It'd be great. It'd be amazing. You speak like that to God's creation. It would be the same. It would be amazing. Your relationship will get deeper. And you will start to see how Jesus is working in and through your life if you apply what Paul is talking about. Excuse me. According to their needs. And I like, when he, I like that he says that, according to their needs. Sometimes we need a good word. Sometimes we need a good word to help us snap out of things that we shouldn't be doing, right? And sometimes, and other times, we need words that would get us back on track. And we all know that, right? We've had words spoken like that, you know, words to get us back on track, words that to motivate us to do certain things. But here's the thing, though. How do you say those things? How do you say them? Do you say them in an unwholesome way? Or do you say them how Paul is telling us to say them? Do you say them in a building up way, in an encouraging way? Other times, and let's be honest, other times we are excellent at hiding our hurt and our pain. We're excellent at hiding that. Eddie, how are you doing today? I'm doing great. Oh, my God. It's, it's the truth. We're excellent at hiding our pain. Sometimes it only comes out when it's built up so much so that we can't handle it anymore, and then that's when we notice. That's when we notice. If we are busy, if we are too busy speaking unwholesome words, we will miss the opportunity to meet the needs of the person that's next to us or the person that we cross in the street or the people that we talk to all the time. If we're too busy talking unwholesomely, we'll miss it. We will. But if we are only speaking words that build up and words that encourage, we won't miss the opportunity. We won't. And who knows? There may be some people in this room right now, or maybe there's somebody that you know that needs your words. They need them. Some people are going down the wrong path, and your words can redirect them. Some people, unfortunately, are a decision away from relapsing into a very horrible addiction that has plagued their life for a very long time, and your words can pull them out. Others may suffer from depression, anxiety, a hurt heart, hurt emotions, whatever you want to call it, and your words are the words that can lift them up. Some people don't know how to manage life. Life gets tough. Let's be honest, it does. But maybe your words can help them navigate through that life that they're living. Still others, 
Still others are on a literal ledge with no hope of escape and only one way out, and your words can pull them back. Marriages that last a lifetime last a lifetime because of the words that are spoken in that marriage, words of love, support, and encouragement. Tight families are tight because of the words that are spoken in them. And can we just picture this for a second? Just picture this. If everyone did this, if everyone applied this, what Paul is talking about, when one of our brothers or sisters is down and out or having a really bad day or really going through it, they wouldn't be surrounded by one, by two, or by three people. They would be surrounded by a whole entire community of people that would rally behind them and help them get to where they need to go because of the words that they would speak to them. Wouldn't you want to live in a community like that? Bullying wouldn't be a thing. Making fun of people wouldn't be a thing. Causing people to spiral into depression wouldn't be a thing. We can all make that a reality. I'm not even kidding. You can make it a reality. There is someone in your life right now who needs your words. They need them. Question is, how will you speak to them? How will you speak to them? In Proverbs 18.20, it says this, and I love it. It's probably become one of my new favorite highlights in my Bible. Wise words satisfy like a good meal. The right words, everybody say the right words. The right words bring satisfaction. You can build satisfaction to every area of your life and into the areas of everybody else's life with the words that you speak. Think about that. Not only can you satisfy your life, but you can satisfy the lives of others if you speak the right words. I'm not saying that. That's what the Bible says. That's what the Word of God says. When you walked in this morning, when you walked in this morning, you were handed a, an empty page, right? You were handed an empty page. An empty page set in the stage, beginning phase, created to create sound waves on different planes, seeing the change from ink thoughts to ink spots, a pen with a pulse, you think twice, I think not, a barren desk awaiting the print and press, Geppetto with the vest to the letter, I must confess, so, the first minute when writing to nonfiction, I was calm, sitting, then I exploded with mad vision, my words, your words, Flow like ice caps to icebergs with the sounds heard. Wishing and dreaming the crowd served. Crack it open. 18 counts, the bars broken. Addicted to no limits of having a word spoken. Took notice. Planting its roots like white lotus. Keeping dormant till the moment it's hearing the right chorus. But I... Stop popping and dropping the hot topics. No longer chopping the logic. It was gone but not forgotten. It's weird how the rusty roughly gets clear. Or was it cause I wasn't trapping while hacking my brain sphere? Searing mapping codes from Da Vinci to Angelo, painting chapels, Newton's apple, because it's part of my soul. It's part of your soul. Words are part of your soul. They're there. Which ones will you use? Which ones? 
Now back to that empty page that you were handed. I don't know about you, but I know for a fact that I have some people in my life that need my words. And maybe as I was going through this message, maybe as we were going through this time that we had together, maybe some people popped up in your mind too. Maybe they did. And if they did pop up in your mind, what I would like for you to do with that piece of paper that was handed to you, with that empty page that was handed to you, I want you to write their name at the top. They don't have to be in this room. It's not, it's not confined to just this room. It could be anybody in your life. Believer, not believer, son, daughter, father, mother, cousin, aunt, uncle, friend, co-worker, whoever it is. There is somebody in your life right now that needs your words. And this is what I would like for you to do. If you wrote somebody's name or if you wrote multiple names or whatever the case is, this is what I want us to put this into practice. I want you to write down what you would say to them. I'm going to give you about two minutes to do it. Don't worry. I want you to write down words that build up, words that encourage, words that can catapult them into the next stratosphere of their life, words that would help them navigate life, words that would help them navigate where they're currently at in their life at this moment. They need your words. So as John Carlos is playing right now. This is a very, very holy moment. I want you guys to pray to the Lord. I want you guys to pray to Jesus to ask you, which words should I write down? Which words do you want me to speak? See, we're almost about done, which is great. Now, there's something I want you to do with this. It's a little bit out of the normal. It's a little bit bold. It's a little bit crazy. (laughs) What I would like for you to do is, before the sun sets today, I would love for you, Jesus would love for you, they would love for you to speak those words to those people. And this is what I mean by that. I'm not talking about a text message. I'm not talking about a Facebook post. I'm not talking about a DM or Instagram. No. I want you to call them. If you can see them in person, see them in person. Because there's something different about words that are being said to you as opposed to words when you're reading them. When I read something on a piece of paper, I can't tell the emotion or the passion that someone may have as they wrote that. But I can hear it. I can't tell the sincerity in somebody's voice was something that they write down on a piece of paper. But I can hear it. I can hear it. I can hear it. So that's my challenge to you today. That's my prayer for you today. That before the sun sets today, make sure that you speak to that person that you wrote down on that piece of paper. And I guarantee you, I guarantee you, you won't leave feeling like you would have to press an undo button. You wouldn't leave that way. That conversation between you and that person wouldn't feel that way at all, not in the slightest. In the beginning of this message, 
I told you guys a very, very bold statement. I said that you have the potential to be a world changer. Let me tell you what I meant by that. Your words have the power to change someone's world. Your words have the power to change someone's world. That's how you become a world changer. That's how you do it. That's how you do it. Lord, we thank you so much for today, God. We thank you so much for your words, my Lord. And I pray over every single person here, my God, that you would instill inside of them a spirit of boldness, a spirit of courage, a spirit of resilience, my God, a spirit of not letting up. I pray that they would use their words, not in in a wholesome way, my God, but in a way that would build up and encourage everyone they know, everyone they see, everyone they encounter, my God. By doing that, they can become world changers, my Lord, with the words that they speak. So I pray, Lord, that you instill inside of them a sense of urgency that before the sun sets today, my God, they would speak those words to those people that you placed on their heart, my God. I thank you. We love you. May they go out in confidence, my God. In Jesus' name we pray. Amen. Go and change the world, all right? Enjoy your week.